everyone, and welcome to Minute 122 of Season 3 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast, where we yippee ki way through the 1988 Bruce Willis action flick Die Hard, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again is Jeanette Ward of the Mundane Adventures of a Fangirl. Welcome back to the show, Jeanette. Hi! I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> this is so much fun. I love talking <laughs> about this movie. Well, um, you know... What can you do? Americans are all alike. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> minute 122 begins with John giving up and ends with Eddie becoming a triclops. <laughs> all right. So yesterday we, we ended things. <laughs> triclops. I was like, wait. Yes. No, that's accurate. <laughs> it is. He I was going to call him a cyclops. Uh, I was going to say Cyclops, but then I said, wait a no, second, he's not a Cyclops. Cyclops is more accurate. He, he takes one of those Crytek shots to the center of the forehead. That's right. Yeah, isn't, right. Isn't, isn't, isn't Triclops like one of the, the He-Man uh, uh, adversaries or friends right. or something right. like that? I believe I, so, but you know I don't know for sure. <laughs> I haven't seen He-Man in like 30 years either, years. but still, you know. Years. It's still just, you know, I'm trying to think of where, where the name Triclops comes from. It comes from well, something. That's got to be it. That's got to be it. Right? Wasn't there what? Oh no, I'm sorry. That was Man E Faces, the one where his head flipped around. Yeah, it could be. Um, All right. Yeah, I don't know. There's okay. There's someone named Triclops in, in a whole bunch of Star Wars novels, but I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Um, is it a He-Man? No, it is a He-Man. There's a He-Man here. Okay, I, see. I got it. I got it. I got it. You knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So he he is on He-Man. He's, uh, there is a Grayskull wiki where you can get information about Triclops. That does not surprise me. That does not surprise me in the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is a minion of Skeletor, an enemy of He-Man. There we you go. All are. He wears a rot- <laughs> apparently he wears a rotating visor helmet with three artif- artificial eyes fixed to it, each with a special type of vision. Okay, this gives him the advantage oh, okay, of seeing okay. in three directions yeah, yeah. at once. Well, yeah, in other right, well, right. well, some other uh, in other media, he sees only out of the front eye and rotates his visor, depending on which type of vision he requires. <laughs> That's more information than anyone needed on Triclops. But who cares? That's what this is all about. We're giving people information. <laughs> the details. Exactly. It's all in the details. Come on. Why not? Come on. It was something you, you yourself just admitted that you hadn't thought of in, in decades. So there you go. You know, it's to bring things back, you know, to, to reminisce about. Absolutely. Yeah. 80s, so, 80s action toys. <laughs> yeah. And again, we are talking about uh, non-Huey Lewis. So there you go. I literally have been trying to think of a Huey Lewis song that would match being shot in the middle of the forehead for the last, what, two minutes. I cannot come up with one. Well, you... you <laughs> Perhaps my knowledge of Huey Lewis and the news music is not as extensive as I thought it was. <laughs> Apparently, but uh, well, no, we'll have, to, we'll have to think about that one. Maybe maybe we'll be able to come up with something by by the end of today's show when when right. it actually happens. We'll have to try and think <laughs> about that. So yesterday we ended things with John uh, beginning to uh, I guess acquiesce to Hans's request that he drop his uh, he, he drops his gun. And as as we were talking about yesterday, it's probably, you know, part of John's whole plan to keep Hans off guard. 
Mm-hmm. So he's he's spending his time doing it. Hans's ego. You yes. know, pumping Hans up, letting Hans think he's got the upper hand, letting letting Hans believe that John's got nothing left. He, he can't handle this. He's all, he's done. He's beaten. Letting yeah. Hans believe he's already won. Correct. <laughs> and so at this point, John basically drops his gun. And yes, in my notes, I have he gives up with flourish. <laughs> there you go. Drops it. Yeah, you got me. You got me, Hans. All right, John, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh you know at this point they, they once again show uh hans with with the gun to holly's temple and bonnie medelia once again does a great job of of looking really really scared and worried because she doesn't Jared know john's plan almost less bothered by the gun than how the terrible shape that it She's aware of the gun. She's terrified of the gun, but she's more focused on John and either the shape that he's in or what he has planned next. She at no point does it look like she does not believe that John has a plan. She is ready for whatever he's got planned. I like that. She's ready for it, but she she doesn't. I don't think she 100 percent knows if she can trust him completely. (laughs) I disagree. I think that she trusts him completely. She knows he's got a plan and she's ready. She's terrified, but she's ready. Okay. All right. All right. We'll, 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 we'll give you that one. All right. <laughs> she may not trust him as a husband. She trusts his skill as a cop. Right. Okay. How about That's that? That's true. That's true. And, you know, he, he, he like drops the gun and he, he drops it in such a way that, like, it lands with a thud. We hear, like, the sound of it just. With flourish. Yeah. Thud. 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 <laughs> Performative again, performative. Well, what would have made more sense if he would have thrown the gun as a distraction, you know, and then they'd look away and then quickly pull out the pull out his other gun, you know. When you've got the three of them in a triangle, as we discussed yesterday, so you've got John, not Huey Lewis, and Hans and, and uh, Holly in in this triangle shape. If he had thrown the gun to one of the angles where no one is, <laughs> where, throw it, throw it behind him. Look behind him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere to give him the. But no, he throws it down in order to be able to, you know, like, you got me. Maybe he could have taken it and, like, thrown it over Hans' head <laughs> so that yeah, Hans has to turn around. Somewhere behind <laughs> the two of them. He should have used his, uh, what is it, with the Use the quadratic force. equation? Use the force. Figure out the uh, Pythagorean theorem to figure out for the triangle which goes which, and then you just throw it on that angle, and that might not be what that theorem does. Listen. <laughs> Probably he does not. A great job. <laughs> Dropping the gun with flourish. Yes. That's yeah. what I bet. And and Eddie quickly, you know, runs. Uh, he actually doesn't even to run. He just quickly goes over to the to the to the the place where his gun is strapped and quickly pulls it. And Han stops him and goes, Nine, this is mine." You yes. Know. Have you discussed Alan Rickman's German accent? <laughs> yeah, briefly, but if you want, you can you can go into it. No, I just, it's, the success with doing accents well is subtlety, right? And to not overdo it, because when you overdo it, it sounds fake. That's right. And I like that his German accent throughout this movie is very effete, elite, um, subtle, uh, very, very pompous, very elegant, very kind of posh. Um, So you never, I mean, you, you, he's German, but he's not like... I don't know. I buy it most of the time, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right. Okay. All right. That, that's fair. 
there's there's a reason for that. You yeah. know, he he does it very very well. It's uh, mm-hmm. he, he's got a lot of panache. Panache. Yes, subtle yeah. and elegant. There yeah. you go. Correct. And I love how he like throws in German words and yes, at the yes. same time, you know, like and and they do this throughout the movie. You know, where he'll just yeah. say like you know, like even when he was talking to Carl and telling him, you know, uh, shoot the glass. And he starts talking about it, and he says it in, in German, and Carl doesn't understand him, so he needs to then speak in English. But I you know, is that, that because again, is that for it, us? It, yes, it <laughs> reminds you. Number one reminds you that Hans Gruber is a German terrorist. Number two reminds you that he also understands the audience is not entirely German. <laughs> That's right. Well, apparently, in in the German version, they had to redub everyone because apparently the the pronunciation is just terrible, and you know the grammar is terrible. I remember hearing that. I, I don't know if it's true. I don't I don't know German well enough. I mean, yes, this is the second of my of the second movie that I've done so far that has Germans in it. Has a lot of Germans you know, in it, yeah. So, but in The Great Escape, the Germans didn't speak any German. So I didn't have to worry about that. <laughs> it was rare. It was rare. But yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, I, I appreciate him throwing in nine. This yeah. is mine. Yeah. Yeah. This is mine. And but again, it goes back to with Carl. You know, the fact that, that they're taking this too personally and that's yeah, their yeah, yeah, that's yeah. their downfall it is you know but carl, again, carl just should have just shot john and that would have been it john is playing into it he he wants hans focused on him he wants hans to get too confident yeah he's playing right into that yeah the but, ego is his downfall correct correct but but again it's that they, they make this personal you know and you yeah. think that they're supposed to be so villainous that like Forget about the personal. Just you, you know, you don't have to have fun with killing someone. Just kill them, and that's it. You know, but he, obviously he, the his, script needed it. His <laughs> his explanation of his plan and the disappearing last, you know, yesterday when we talked about it. Still, if he had just stuck to that and not let it get personal, he'd be on that beach sipping drinks and earning twenty percent. But that's uh, right. like you said, he lets it get personal. So you know. So you're saying it's it's his fault. Yeah. <laughs> right, and then we get another shot of Holly, who's still scared. You know, he John then takes a few steps back. You know, to you know, like to to get, put more distance between himself and you know within the Pythagorean triangle that we talked about, uh, <laughs> or the Mexican standoff, however you want to call it. <laughs> and geometry. Yeah, and you know, then he like slowly starts putting his hands up above his head, you know, yeah. in a, in a gesture in order to, you know, like, uh, now <laughs> it's very funny that he does it this way. You know, it's, is, is Bruce Willis trying to show off his body here? Is that what's, is that what's going on here? <laughs> this is David Addison trying to show that I'm no longer, you know, I'm without a shirt and this is not David Addison. No, I don't think that's it. Because again, he's, he's breaking the mold of the eighties action heroes who, uh, all of them would have done this. Your your Slys, your Schwarzeneggers, your uh, Lundgrens, your uh, Speakmans. That's right. I'm gonna throw a Speakman in there. All of those guys. Uh, even your Seagals to a point. But no, it, this is your everyday guy. So for him, he's throwing his arms up again to play into Hans's ego, to 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 let Hans, you just get too confident. You believe that he's beaten. He's got nothing left. And puts his hands up so that he can easily reach that gun he's got tape behind his back. Yeah. <laughs> don't give it away. Don't give it away. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> obviously, obviously, anyone listening to this probably already knows what happens, especially since <laughs> we've already talked about triclops. 
So that, that that's right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you know it, hey, yeah, yeah. we know that we know that He Man and Skeletor are going to be around. Uh, he he lifts his arms very slowly, you know, because it's a easily recognizable, globally recognizable give up symbol. But then, you know, it's going to allow him to get his hands where he needs to get. So he's playing. He's he's enacting his plan while also playing into the villain's hands. Right now, I, so I decided to, to to look up what does it mean, you know, when you put your hands on your head. You know, there there are all these people who do. You know, I I know you 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 like all these. Uh, you know. You, 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 because of your your other job <laughs> or your your other hobby, I guess you can say, you know, yeah. the whole idea of, of of you know using physical signs and things like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that so I just had to look up what what is the gesture of putting your hands, you know, in the back of your head. Nonverbal communication. There you go. Nonverbal. See, I couldn't even think of what it was called. Nonverbal <laughs> communication. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there's apparently two ways that you can put your arms behind your head like that. And they're known either as the cradle or the catapult. Okay. So the cradle suggests insecurity and the need for comfort, which I do not think is what's going on here. Okay. Not at all. And the catapult suggests aggression and dominance. (laughs) And what is the difference in the positioning between the two, the cradle and the catapult? The cradle, to me, sounds like you might have your fingers interlaced behind your head because you're forming a cradle for your head. And the catapult seems to me like your elbows would be forward because you're about to catapult something at your enemy. Yeah, I'll read you what it says. In the cradle, the hands are on the back of the neck or head. The elbows are held close together, surrounding the sides of the head. The head can be bowed before being tilted back. When it's tilted back, the hands are supporting the weight of the head. More muted versions of this pose could have the hands on the front or side of the head. The position, defensive imp- position. Yeah, this position implies insecurity, anxiety, or need yeah. for comfort. Yeah. Okay, a bowed head is submissive and defeated. A head that's yes. tilted back being supported is a self-comforting gesture. Someone else isn't holding our head at that moment, so we do it ourselves. Having the head supported okay. is a very safe comforting position an image of a parent holding the baby comes to mind the hands might move from the front or side of the head to the back this stroking motion is also comforting hmm. okay so that that's more or less what what they say about the uh the cradle position and if you want to talk about the the catapult position so a, it's a su- superficially similar uh look but it's vastly different okay? wide uh, the head is upright or slightly back. The hands are behind the head but are not supporting it. The elbows are mm. flared. The chest is mm-hmm. usually full of air to aid in the yep. expansion. Now, that's exactly what John's doing here. Yeah, exactly. You know, the position implies aggression and dominance. All right. And the elbows are spread wide, exposing the face. This shows the person isn't afraid of an attack, either verbal or physical. It also takes up more space, making them look bigger. Okay. See? Now, if Hans had studied these That's two. right. If he knew about nonverbal <laughs> communication, he might not have been shot. That's right. The chest expansion complements the elbow position, pushing them further apart. It makes the person mm-hmm. look as thick and wide as they possibly can. Okay. The- and I will tell you that because literally we talked about this in dance class on Thursday night. When, because our dance has a very upright posture and a lot of like we, we begin with a chest lift so that your shoulders are back and we talk about – Rolling the shoulders up and down is so that you kind of slide your shoulder blades down your back so that you can use your back muscles to hold up your arms. Mm-hmm. As you just mentioned, this the second one, 
keeping the elbows wide, keeping the chest broad, keeping the, uh, and when your thumbs are turned down, your elbows naturally go up. So it does form everything in this shape that is way more aggressive. And for our dance style, we don't say aggressive. We say uh, proud, elegant, regal. Um, so John is himself. John is acting very regal here. He's acting very, <laughs> he's acting very he, and aggressive, right? It, as you said, like the first the cradle posture, be very more defensive. This one is absolutely aggressive, and and it is. While he has put his hands behind his head, in no way does he look uh, submissive, uh, or that he's giving up. It Correct. looks aggressive, top to bottom. But Hans doesn't pick up on that. He does not because. John has already fed into his ego so much, he feels like there's no way he could lose at this point. Well, he's already Hans dropped didn't... all his henchmen off his list. He's thinking about how much money he's going to keep, how much uh, less splitting of the profits he has to do. He's thinking, man, if I can eliminate not Huey Lewis while also eliminating John, I'm walking out of here with all of this. <laughs> so just basically the, the difference between the, the two hand, hand motions, okay, the, the cradle is usually something that happens in a very genuine type of situation. It's an automatic reaction um, that when someone is possibly embarrassed or shame, they feel they're feeling shameful about something that they've done. All right. Sometimes someone wants to look contrite or want someone with a legitimate complaint to go easy on them uh, while they're trying to fake it or something like that. And then the catapult is less reliable because it can easily be faked by someone who wants to seem super confident. This could actually be very uncertain. They can actually be very uncertain of themselves. Okay, you have to use judgment in each case. This is where it's good to look at the pattern of behavior rather than drawing conclusions from the single action. <laughs> so take it, take it in context. There you go, <laughs> and it works. You know, I I I didn't think before checking, you know, doing the search that that it would actually make sense. You know, Honestly, for the character. I, I will pay attention to that in all of my situations going forward. <laughs> Especially when Hans, when someone's holding a gun on you and, uh, you know, and tells you to drop your weapon. <laughs> yes. And at this point, you know, uh, Hans still, you know, he, he doesn't want to give up. I mean, John says, you got me. And then, you know, mm-hmm. he's acting as if he's he's about to surrender. And then Hans says, still the cowboy, Mr. McLean, Americans, all alike. Well, this time, mm-hmm. John Wayne doesn't walk off in the sunset with Grace Kelly. <laughs> and John goes, that's Gary Cooper. <laughs> so, can't let it go. So it basically, no, but it basically means that John, like us, you know, likes movies. He knows yeah, yeah, that John but... Wayne never walked off in the sunset with, with Grace Kelly. Because, again, he's a regular dude. He's very relatable. John McClane is one of us. I mean, as much as I love movies, I don't think I would have picked up on that right away and saying, if someone were to say to me, you know, John Wayne and Grace Kelly, I was like, okay, there's probably a movie out there with them. I, yeah, that's I would say, oh, I'm afraid that's before my time. And also, John Wayne, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, do you, what do you know about we, – we talked a little about John Wayne a long, long time ago. So anyone can go back and, and listen to those episodes. But uh, – Grace Kelly, what do you know about her? Nothing. You know nothing I about mean, Grace very Kelly? Little. Very, very little. Not enough that I could speak at all to it. <laughs> okay, so she was she was an actress uh, who made some very uh, big movies in the in the early 1950s. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, she did she marry into Monaco? Yes, she uh, did. Royalty? Yes, she did. Okay, there you go. Okay, she she's known mostly for for her role in High Noon, for her role in The Country Girl, which won her an Oscar. Mm -hmm. Okay, she was in three uh, Hitchcock movies, all one after the other. She was in Dialogue for Murder, Rear Window, and To Catch a Thief. Okay. And she uh, retired from acting not long after she made To Catch a Thief, and she married, uh, uh, I guess it was Prince Rainier. Uh, and became the the princess of Monaco, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. she never never acted again. She became uh, a, a, I guess what 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 people of our generation would think of like for Princess Diana, you know. She just mm -hmm. went, you know. She took her her status, her royal status to 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 do charity work and and to help mm -hmm. help mm -hmm. people all around the the world, which is wonderful. Yes, it really is. She she was uh, very much involved with UNICEF and UNESCO. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she actually, unfortunately, died at the age of 52 in September of 1982 when she got into a car crash. Mm -hmm. she, I do remember she apparently that, yeah. was. You remember when that happened? Do you remember that? All right, well, I remember that that <laughs> happened. I, I don't remember. I don't remember, remember when it, it happened. I remember it being a thing. I don't. I don't know if I remember the actual. I mean, I I would have. I would have been what six at the time. So I'm sure that it was right news. A apparently, she had a stroke while she was driving, and got into well, a crash because of it. that. Yeah. yeah, lost control of her her car, and her her daughter Stephanie was was in the car, but she, uh, you know, she she was able to make it out alive. So yeah, it's it's somewhat tragic. The the you know the the whole story with with her so then we go to gary cooper okay what do you know about gary cooper i can't they all no nothing nothing okay well, well you know that gary cooper was an actor right yeah <laughs> okay i know that he's name checked in that song i don't all these <laughs> he, actors are i don't watch a lot of very very old movies Okay, well, some of them are good. Some of them are good. He's some he was he he won he won an Oscar for Best Actor twice. Okay, and even got an an honorary Oscar uh, in 1961 for you know career achievement. Um, what else? He was an actor from 1925 to 1961, and was in 84 different movies. 84. Yeah. And he was was a very well known actor of the time. He won an he won an Oscar for his role in Sergeant York and won an Oscar for his role in High Noon. Hmm. Yeah, those are the two movies that that he won for. Which he was he I I personally think he was I I love High Noon. You know, even forgetting about all the 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 I guess you could say communist undertones and stuff like that that people sometimes <laughs> see in there. I, I I don't care about that. I I think it's a fun movie. It's good. We were we were talking, you know, about yesterday about the fact that I felt that Passenger uh, Fifty Seven was too short, but High Noon is also a short movie. So you know, mm. if 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 you get it tight enough and you do it well enough, then uh, you know, I'll still you like it. You don't need anything extra. That's yeah. right. That's right. So, I mean, again, as I mentioned, I like the fact that it shows that you know that John knows his movies and actors. He's you know, if if only we can get John McClane on this show to talk about uh, John McClane <laughs> or Gary Cooper and, you know, John Wayne and uh, Grace Kelly. Who knows? And Hans. Well, and I like that you won't let it slide. Like, that's Hans right. is attempting to use it to be dismissive, but, 
but John's going to clarify. Right. Let me just correct you on this. Yeah, which which I can see, you know, myself or other of our friends in the uh, movie community, you know, the movie loving community, correcting people, you know, who sure. would say something like that, you know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You know, like if someone would say, oh, and the, the love story between, uh, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, and Gwyneth Paltrow in in uh, Titanic. And then, oh, wait a second. No, that's, you know, that type Let of thing. stop you right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I guess it all depends on the time, you know, uh, when when you're talking about these things. But but Hans is, has enough of it and goes enough jokes. And the funny thing is, is John's not joking. John means it. No, he's not. <laughs> he means it. <laughs> <laughs> that really is Gary Cooper. <laughs> it's not a yeah, joke. Yeah. I'm trying to help you out, Hans, so you don't make that mistake again. That's right. <laughs> because if you show up at any movies by minute uh, conference and you say something like that, you're just going to get, uh, right? you know, you're going to be beaten up. You know, who knows? We don't. We don't want you to look stupid in front of your peers. That's right. What would Carl think if he heard you say that? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> or Theo. What would Theo think? There you go. Yeah. Um, but but as we know, John is basically just stalling here, you know, and he continues to try to to to, to bait uh, Hans by saying, "You'd have made a pretty good cowboy yourself, Hans." <laughs> Which, at this point, Hans, you know, begins to to lose some of his focus, and he he points the gun away from Holly and says, "Oh yes, what was it you said to me before?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yipikai mother." You know, like <laughs> the pronunciation of it is, is just fantastic. Well, it's horrendous, but that's why it's fantastic. Yes. You know, he yes, he absolutely. does a terrible impression of John. You know, there's uh, yes. <laughs> you know, a few a few years ago, I was on the Milfcast with uh, with with uh, Heather, and you know, one of the things they asked me to do beforehand was, you know, they're they're going to ask me who, what my best uh, movie impression is. Right. And I, I didn't take it seriously. And I've never done movie impressions and stuff like that. And then when they asked me on the spot, I was like, okay, the only thing I think of was, was Die Hard. So I said, Yippee motherfucker. And they just started laughing because it was just so terrible. You know, <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know if I did a better impression than, than, than what Hans does here. But, uh, you know, I, I you know, he, I, I'm giving him a run for his money as to which of us is, yeah. is, is yeah, worse with, uh, with the way that they're, they're doing this. And John just starts I, laughing. And again, it's Rickman's performance, right? It's it's Rickman just taking a little bit of nothing moment and really chewing every little bit yes. of it into something iconic. Yes. And he just starts laughing and laughing and laughing. You know, and, and then Han starts laughing. And then... Perfect distraction. Yeah, completely. And then... Uh, and then even... Non-Huey Lewis, Lewis starts, starts laughing. laughing. Guy, you, you should be laughing. You're not in this. <laughs> You're not a part of this. Yeah. <laughs> and then the the camera they they give us a great camera shot as they're laughing and we we see the camera is above John and then it starts panning down you know to show we hear the laughing we hear all three of them you don't need any dialogue here you just have the three of them laughing Holly has no clue what's going on she's trying to figure out okay they're gone they're all they've all lost it yep. Visual storytelling when the camera shifts down behind and you get to see John's plan. And then John's plan hinges on a gun taped to his yeah. back with two bullets in it. Just, exactly. just the two, I believe. That is correct. Just two bullets. That's what, that's what we saw last week. Which again, they showed us earlier, nothing wasted. Like that shot explaining and the tape. Yes. We know exactly what the game plan is. That's here. right. It's not a great plan, but it's the only that's plan. That's right. And it, it works. 
it works really well. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we can see the camera panning down and we see the, the gun and the holiday tape on it uh, that's strapping it to his back. And at this point, the music starts getting really tense, you know, as they're all mm-hmm. continuing to laugh. And then we get a shot of Holly, who looks completely confused as to what's going on here. Confused and desperate, but also yeah. hopeful. And then Hans points his gun towards John. And then John screams out, Holly! And, you know, it's amazing. John just reacts so fast here. He pulls out the gun from his back, you know, shoots Hans, who starts yep. falling backwards, and then points the the, the, the the gun towards where Eddie is and shoots him and turns Eddie into a triclops. <laughs> and this is where you get the payoff of as we've... <laughs> gonna sound like a broken record nothing is wasted in this movie the payoff of the slow shot of the tape sitting on the counter the explanation the visual of there's only two bullets left then we get this shot of the gun so we know exactly what's happening none of that was in dialogue didn't that's right so none of those shots wasted and this is where you get to the point where like the discussion of the even the yippee kaye mother (laughs) throwing that in earlier this whole discussion about cowboys Again, could seem like a throwaway, could seem like a way to work in a catchphrase, could feel like a a nonsense moment. It's not. It's brought back in in that the fact in true cowboy gunslinger style, he eliminates these dudes. Yeah. It it brings back the discussion in such a way that it now is key to the story. It it always mystifies me. Like other movies, you can cut out stuff to fit it into a TV runtime. This movie, you can't cut anything out because everything comes back. Everything matters. Everything. It's all building blocks. Something later on. Yes. You know, and, and they, they they just do it so well with the the way that they yeah. do that here. His his bang bang, and then the whew, the little blowing. Yeah, no, the, the blowing in the gun is tomorrow. Blinker. That's tomorrow. You're 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 jumping ahead to Sorry. tomorrow. Yes. You know, <laughs> Jeanette. <laughs> and what what what's great here though is is that, I mean this is something I've mentioned earlier before. There's a reason why the bad guys use an MP5. Okay. The whole reason that that they had the bad guys use MP5s in this movie is so that it will have the same bullet that you would put in a nine millimeter gun. Hmm. Okay, so therefore he has the interchanging ability of deciding which gun to put the bullets in. Like we saw on Friday that he had the two bullets, but we don't know which gun he put them in. You know, he theoretically could have put them in the machine gun. I feel like a lay person doesn't know that. I had no idea that was it. Okay. So <laughs> okay, but but if you let's let's put it this way: if you have that knowledge, then you get an extra yes, layer. So for yes, for sure, for sure. And I mean, I love also the fact that that he shoots him, he shoots Hans in such a way that the bullet goes through him, and then you can see that it goes through the window behind him also. And there's like a little bit of blood splatter, which we'll see a lot more of tomorrow. And there's also like a little hole there, you know, in order to you know start the the uh, you know the, the the spider web of of glass about to to shatter yeah. and stuff like that. So it because your standard person isn't going to be enough to break a corporate building window, but if that corporate window has already had a bullet go through it, well, wait a second. Uh, for, you know, Marco was able to go through the window when he threw him through it. Yeah, but he had already hit that with a chair a couple of times. Yeah, he didn't do much damage with the chair. <laughs> he weakened it. We can do a little. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> don't know. All right. So you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? No. Okay. All right. So the script, the script <laughs> has a few 
Covered everything. The script has a few other minor discrepancies, as always. So first of all, when Hans talks to Eddie, he speaks only in German. He says, Nein, das ist ist mein. Okay, das ein ist mein. Something like that, which I guess means this is mine. <laughs> we would have, I mean, you would have gathered that from context and from yeah. delivery, but I'm fine with it being in English. Yeah. And that also implies the fact that not Huey Lewis doesn't speak. That's English. right. I like the idea, again, reminding us that he assembled this crew because they're disposable and they each have a separate skill set. Yes. So I like non Huey Lewis is, is a good at reception. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> He's the friendly face you want to see at the at the door. Yes. No, you have, you have, have non Huey Lewis there instead of instead of the non John Larroquette. Yeah. You know, That's right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, another changes is that instead of him. Calling uh, Hans an asshole after he says that's Gary Cooper in the script, he goes, That's Gary Cooper's head. Again, no, I think asshole works better here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then Hans' response of no more jokes is, No more jokes, drop it or she gets it between the eyes. <laughs> I saw the look on your face on that one. That You see, nonverbal communication, but we're, we're on a verbal medium. That's the problem. It, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't need to be there, right? The the thread is it, and I prefer. And that way, and again, because it's a script, right? You have to write out what you want the performances to be. But really, the advantage you have in a visual medium like a movie is that the performers can do all that. Yeah. Uh, visually, not verbally, and I think that's that level of threat. At no point do we believe that Holly is not in danger. We yeah. the the threat is legitimate for her, so Correct. we didn't need all that. Right. And and also it's too. I mean, Hans has been genuinely threatening the whole time, but also, again, elegant, posh, upper level, upper crust. Saying she gets it between the eyes is a little too uh, gutter level for yeah. that character. Correct. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And just wait, it gets even more. So then McLean says to him, "Whoa, well, Hans, now you're the cowboy." And Hans goes, "Yippee, motherfucker! Now you're." F- so, no, no, I don't that's know. also too gutter level. It's, for him. it's too plain shit in automobiles for you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't care for that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care for that that type of talk. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't care for that. <laughs> and then McLean says, "Holly, now," and he says, instantly, Holly sidesteps, jabs her elbow into Hans's face. McLean. Uh, at that moment, at the moment that Holly moves, McLean grabs his Beretta from its hiding place, taped to the back of his neck, shoots Hans high in the chest. The bullet passes right through Hans, and the window behind him splatters with blood and shatters. Even while it's, mm-hmm. this is happening, McLean spins towards Eddie, and Eddie takes a gunshot and drops just like on Gunsmoke. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we were talking earlier today about, you know, like, uh, Huey Lewis songs that we could use as the the possible uh, epitaph for uh, Triclops uh, non non Huey Lewis. So I, I just went through went through a li- list of his songs and I was trying to think of something <laughs> that that would that would work here. Okay, so uh, Hip to Be Square maybe. I, uh, Heart and Soul maybe. actually is it, it fits more Hans at this point because he shot him in the yeah. chest. Yeah. Um, doing it all for my baby. That's that's John. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's all right, maybe. Oh no, uh, here we go. Uh, non Huey Lewis working for a living. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. 
And that's it right there. That's his whole deal. Trouble in Paradise? Um, <laughs> no, I <laughs> working for a living. Boy, that's a great song. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah. I Know What I Like? Uh, mm. I don't know. Naturally? You you crack me up. There you go. That. <laughs> cruising, cruising. Mm. I, I want a new drug. I mean, yeah. and still and be bare about and the heart of rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. All of them. I actually love the song the heart of rock and roll, especially because the the version of it that I that I recorded years and years and years ago was from a Detroit uh, radio station. And there's a point where they say Cleveland, and then they say Detroit, and then yeah. on their version they said Detroit three times in a row because there's a pause oh, there. Nice. So they they have Detroit, Detroit, Detroit. So very clever. Yes. Very yes, clever. <laughs> All right. Well, every Tuesday we <laughs> have a segment called Off the Beaten Track Holiday Edition, where my guests will give a little story, anecdote, uh, adventure, something that happened to them that's somehow related to the holidays. So, what have you got for us, Jeanette? I, this is more of a general kind of thought about the holidays lately, not lately, but I, I think schedule-wise, for me, December is a good time travel, which is kind of strange. I, You know, I live in the Midwest in the States, so it's uh, in Midwest, meaning the Great Lakes region, even more specifically. And I, if you know, if you don't know, it can be very snowy and, and very cold. Not familiar, <laughs> not, not familiar. <laughs> not entirely pleasant here uh, in December. So December is a good time to take some time and go somewhere. Early December. Go somewhere um, where it's so hot. Something that I, <laughs> anywhere else, honestly. Um, it, it, just before the holiday season really picks up, because I do love the holidays here, especially with the snow. I think it's wonderful. But I like traveling in early December. I think it's really cool to go other places and to see holiday decorations, how they do them. So I've been lucky enough to be in Ireland um, in December and to see you know, a lot of Christmas decorations up and how they um, how they do, how they celebrate it, that kind of thing. And then last year I was in Curacao uh, in the Caribbean for um, early December. And as we were at the resort, they started putting up all their Christmas trees. And all their Christmas trees at the resort were very, very tropical colors. So they had like teal Christmas trees with pink decorations on them. And I just, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was so cool. So I think it's really fun to take time during the holidays to not only appreciate what you have, but to see how everybody else does it. And so I really um, lobby hard for traveling during the holiday season so that you can see it in other places. So that would be a, and especially places with climates that are different than your own. So where are you going so later this week? Live, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I'm working on another Caribbean vacation. I think that that might be my new thing is to take a, a trip every December um, someplace lovely and warm and tropical okay. <laughs> so that I can see them decorate for Christmas. So, yeah, I, I think that is super cool. I really like it. All right. Excellent. Thank you very much for that. Uh, so you want to yeah. once again tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. Find me on uh, all your socials out there on the Facebooks and the Instagram and the Twitter. Um, I do not have a TikTok because Danny Glover doesn't allow me to do that. Um, so you can find me at Jeanette Ward on most things, J.Y. Ward uh, on the Instagram. And then you can find my movie reviews over at jwardadventures.blogspot.com. And if you want to check um, on my belly dance troupe, since we did talk about arm strength and, and posture in this episode. And aggression. You can find us at, <laughs> and aggression. You can find us at uh, tamarindbellydance.com. 
Um, and on YouTube, if you just type in, we've got our own YouTube channel. So if you type in Tamara into Belly Dance, you'll be able to see some of our performance videos. And I do share a lot of that on Instagram as well. So you can see what I mean when I talk about the upright posture. And if you're interested in taking classes, we do have Zoom options. So be sure to look that up. All right. Very cool. Very cool. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search on any uh, Google or uh, search engine that you use for a Move Around Minute, you can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook and you can find me on Twitter. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yeah, uh, yippee-ki-yay, mother- <laughs>